the fucking bless everyone. Football is back. Week Welcome one to is over. Analysis by professional friends. Fuck yeah. I'm your host, Jusby. Thank you, professionals. We're joined by professional sports broadcaster and PFF employee Nate Kuyper. Ah, yes. We also got number one Chiefs fan Matt Dustman in here. I'm doing it out of order this time, and it really fucked me up. Yeah, I was gonna say you had a weird pause there. I, I dude, my brain broke because then that because then that moment is technically where I'm supposed to say professional sports broadcaster Nate Kuyper, and then I was about to say it again. Brain turned off for about a good five seconds. <laughs> that one Chiefs fan Matt Dustman's here. Yay! It's team one. Number one Chiefs fan Matt Dustman. And today yeah, we got a special we guest. Oh, and our running back. Okay, so the NFL, um, Clydesdale, uh, le- leads the league in rushing at 138 yards. Um, Clydesdale has 108 yards after contact. He also still leads the NFL in rushing. Thank you. No, oh, yes, yes, very good. Um, and did have, we're, we're also a- joined by. Hold on, I gotta introduce you. Shut the fuck up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm trying to denounce our very fucking special guest over here. Now with a 1-0 record, Jacksonville Jaguars started quarterback and absolute legend Gardner Minshew. And you're, you're fucking snuffing him out. You're snuffing him out. What the fuck is wrong with you? Dude. God is in our house. And you denied him. Why would you even do that? Right. What the fuck? Do you, do you answer for yourself. Dude. He's got nothing to say. He's got nothing to say. He knew if he knows he fucked up. He knows it. He's so mad Jacksonville won. His, oh, he is kind of mad. <laughs> He's so mad his second team won. Damn. Yeah, so week one happened. And at first, I would like to start with... The Chiefs. Yeah. Matt Dustman. The NFL season started with them, and I guess we'll start with them. Yeah, exactly. Fucking had an amazing start by one Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You're damn right. And now, now looking like if he can keep that shit up, he's going to be rookie of the year, offensive rookie know, of the year, easy. You know, it's one of those things where, like, you, you know, you watch Happy Gilmore. And it's like, oh no, Happy learned how to putt. Now it's like, oh no, Kansas City learned how to run. How do you, how do you start? He's their, Clyde is their sixth offensive option. And all he does is lead the league in rushing after week one. Felt like he was Jesus. their first. Felt like when you get that new player you drafted in your Madden franchise and you're like, I want to, I want to, wrong with him he's gonna feed him the ball all game see where that takes us yeah well it's just it's just interesting because what's a team okay so so someone's watching the tape from week one so uh who do we play in week two is it the ravens already in week two i think so right no yeah you play the chargers (laughs) <laughs> okay, so so we're going to the Chargers. We're going into the Chargers this week. Yeah, with, with, without Jordan James. Them. And they're mm-hmm. going to watch all this tape, 
Like, well, they ran the ball 25 times. I guess we'll stack the ball. Wait a minute. Pat Mahomes is on the team. I mean, with he, with Sammy Watkins, with Travis Kelsey, with Sammy Watkins, with Demarcus Robinson. Look, look, we don't need to talk about the Kansas City. <laughs> They're going to win the next three Super Bowls. No one can stop them. Can we talk Thank about you. how? Thank you. Can we talk Thank about you. how fucking atrociously bad the Texans are at everything? Yeah. Like even. <laughs> we don't like that. That game was outside of that first drive was just like ju- like magnified by a thousand because of what DeAndre Hopkins was able to do in his first game ever as yeah. an Arizona Cardinal. Man, See how much Chris Collinsworth, was Collinsworth was so ready to write the headlines when David Johnson had that first touchdown and looked good for a drive and a half. He looked good all game. He, he, he did fine. He had 11 carries, 77 yards, one touchdown. The, uh, he was like that team's only bright spot they they, yeah. they tried to switch into like you mentioned it they tried Deshaun tried to start getting the ball out faster but it didn't work because sack nation woot woot came after him got him chris jones took him down mm-hmm. yeah i don't know man like Deshaun i'm not was i'm not completely ready to write off Deshaun after them Oh, you can't no team. yeah it, it's just like I, I i'm afraid that like He's going to face a lot of problems this year. It's they, they're take, facing a lot of good defenses. It's going to take some time for Brandon Cooks to find his spot in the deep offense, mm-hmm. especially when he's dealing with an injury already. Yeah. Yep. So I think I think about a couple weeks in, he's going to be starting to look better. Oh, so yeah, he got he got sacked four times on Thursday. Which, His offensive line's still not good. Yep. Yeah. Like, I, I have stat lines pulled up. He's 20 for 32, 253 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Sacked four times, 53.8 QBR. The thing is, most of his stats <sighs> came in the most of his stats came in garbage time. Up yeah. until up until about halfway through the third quarter, like fantasy wise, Deshaun Watson had five points, but then he ended the game with twenty-two. So, like, his stats definitely got padded. That game was nowhere near as close. That game was not an 11-point game. Yeah. It was 31-7. to 7. I mean, that's... So you could always see, you know, like... like the NFL games are, are usually a tale of time of possession. Chiefs had the ball for almost 35 minutes. Like, that's gonna... That's, that's really gonna help you out. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just running all the way up and down that team, chewing the clock out. Even the ball in their possession, not giving Deshaun a chance to really take things back. Uh, the mm-hmm. Chiefs' defense is looking better than it has, for sure. I, uh, so, one of the things I noticed is because of who Deshaun had these past few years, we would see these Deshaun magic moments where he'd be able to like buy time, roll out, and then look downfield to find somebody open, usually DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he wasn't even looking downfield when he was rolling out this time. He was just going straight for the sideline, going try to get a run. He didn't look like classic Deshaun in this game. That's because you took away his best offensive player. Like You took away the player that he trusted to be like, all right, if I could buy some extra time, you know, DeAndre is going to get open, and it just 
you know, just didn't happen because DeAndre Hopkins isn't there anymore. He's playing in Arizona. And like, I will, I will agree that David Johnson, he didn't look awful, but if David Johnson is your most reliable option on an offense, I have a hard time believing that even with a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, you are in a good position. (laughs) That, that doesn't make me feel very good. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, he, he looked, he D. Johnson looked fine. Yeah. Yeah, he had seven yards of pop, and then, you know, he, he took a couple good screen passes, good distance. But then he, I think, he got a little bit hurt and then put the other Johnson in for a little bit. He did have, he yeah, was man. injured for a little bit. <laughs> they were looking yeah. at his hand or something, which yeah, scares you, because that's what, that's what he was out with before was his wrist. Right. Mm-hmm. But then Duke Johnson actually got the, a bigger ankle hurt. Got a bigger owie. Got a big old ouchie-oo. Oochie-ow my bones. Uh, I think Houston... <coughs> what, what's Excuse me. Because Houston has to play Baltimore now. And they're going to be 0-2. Yeah. And then the next two games are against Minnesota and Pittsburgh. So, even though Minnesota, and we'll get to Minnesota, even though Minnesota lost, like, Minnesota is not a slouch team, and they still got good well, players. I, I don't know about that. I don't think Minnesota is all that great. Well, I don't think Minnesota is that great either, but Minnesota is, I, I, I'm going to share something with you about Minnesota, and it pretty much, Minnesota is a really easy team to predict because there's a track record ever since Mike Zimmer got there. But either way, Houston, we don't need to talk about the Chiefs. The Chiefs are probably going to lose like once or twice this year and go to the Super Bowl. Um, well, it's, I have a bunch of games pulled up here. So just go, you guys want to just go down a list in order of some stuff? Well, I, well yeah, I was going to go. The next one on my list was Seattle and Atlanta. Uh, let me, and, okay. and the reason I want to bring that up is because, because the let rust cook movement Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, be- I, I believe, mm-hmm. and let me just double check this. I believe might have, and, and again, maybe this is just because they were playing Atlanta and Atlanta's defense is not very good, but there was only one drive the entire game. Seattle had, let's not count the, let's not count the drive at the end where it was just one kneel down. Uh, of the 10 offensive drives they had, they only ran more than they threw it once. And it was the very last time they had the ball. So the f- first nine possessions Seattle had, they threw it more than they ran it. Good. It, and in the, the first drive, the first offensive drive they had, it was nine passes to two runs. Good. Oh. They're finally unleashing Wilson. I hope. Yeah. I hope this is the trend for the season. Yeah, it was wild. Then obviously they got uh, they got a, a a possession back kind of early due to downs. There were three plays. They were really close to the end zone anyway, and they got a touchdown. I, strangely, after that, they punted three straight times. But then after that, it was touchdown, touchdown, field goal, punt touchdown and that final touchdown drive was the only drive in which they ran it more than they threw it 
but everyone is is just so excited that Seattle seemingly and again maybe it's just because they played Atlanta and Atlanta is probably one of the worst defenses in the NFL if not the worst yeah, but if they keep lighting it up, this will be Russell Wilson's. Oh God, I don't know what that was, but this will be Russell Wilson's MVP year because, like, we all know he damn well deserves one. Yeah, I'm just, I'm definitely. just looking at. Yeah, it's looking. funny. The, Russell Wilson led the team in both rushing and passing. Mm. That's fine. I'm okay with that. That's yep. fine. That's cool with me. That was nine point seven yards. Yeah, like the reemergence of Carlos Hyde. Oh, yeah, re, re, re-emergence. I'm gonna they, vomit. Most of the, most of the the, the backs, uh, Carlos Hyde and Chris Harris Carson ran about the same, seven to six carries, twenty three to twenty one yards. So like, they look like they're gonna try to use them both as a dual threat as long as Carlos Hyde keeps it up. Mm-hmm. I think most of that game was just some garbage time, so they didn't want to put out Chris Carson, who's had injuries in the past. He's prone to injuries and fumbling the football. Yeah, yeah. No, but I th- I think that's great for Seattle. People have been wanting that for Seattle, and it's it's definitely going to be interesting because now that they're playing the Patriots, I still think the Patriots' main strength is their pass defense, like their secondary. So I don't know. Maybe Pete Carroll gets a little. I don't know. Maybe he gets a little pride prideful and reverts back to some old old tendencies but i think if if they let russ do this for like every week i think seattle can potentially just i mean absolutely light people up and that was the thing that i wanted to bring up one of the many fad pod boys were right that happened there were a lot Uh, yeah yeah. there there were a lot if you guys remember after the draft and over the course of the preseason quote-unquote offseason that we had i was very concerned with the cornerback that atlanta took in aj terrell because i watched aj terrell in college at clemson get absolutely roasted by jamar chase and jerry judy who were like who were like the top two you know pro style prospects that he went up against and turns out AJ, AJ Terrell was matched up against both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf at, at separate points in the game. Uh huh. And he was awful. So, like he he got abused by D, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So I'm not saying my concerns were warranted, mm-hmm. but like both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett damn near had a hundred yards. Yeah. On uh, let's see here, eight tar- they each had eight targets. Lockett caught all eight, which is not surprising because of him and Russell Wilson's connection. And uh, Metcalf caught four, but like that is, I I don't know. That was my concern. My concern was like I watched this dude go up against two really good receivers in college. He couldn't stop either of them. How do you expect this dude to go up against like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley? Like he's got a murderer's row. No, he, I guess he doesn't have to go up against him. He plays for that team. Um, but like DJ Moore, Michael Thomas, I was going to throw in there, but we just found out today that Michael Thomas has a very bad high ankle sprain. Yeah. Which is really unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. Yeah. 
But there's still a lot of good wide receivers that AJ Terrell is going to have to go up against. And if Atlanta is relying on him to match up on these guys, I think Atlanta is in a world of trouble. I mean, Atlanta Atlanta drafting busts. Nah, dude. Nah, never. Not once. They play whack-a-mole with their roster. Like a, a hole pops up and they try to hammer it out the second it pops up. But then another one pops up and they got to hit it again. It's just, it's mm-hmm. not great. It's not a good time. So, I mean, Atlanta's offense is Atlanta's offense. Julio Jones is going to catch a bunch of yards and never catch touchdowns. Calvin Ridley is going to get all Ridley's the touchdowns. Yeah. If Julio Jones can catch 10 passes for 150 yards every week. I'm okay with it. Oh yeah, I'm I'm down for that. I have him in my fantasy team mm-hmm. along with along with another certain wide receiver who just absolutely went crazy this week. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, does anybody have anything to say about the Jets and the Bills game? Yeah, uh, I actually do have some things to say if you don't mind. Yeah, uh, look out. I think uh some of us were right about Josh Allen and the Bills and to pump the brakes on them a little bit. Because they almost, they Josh. almost, Josh Allen overthrew a couple wide open touchdowns. He fumbled twice with a 17 point lead and they were, they were playing the Jets. So of course they beat him. If they play again, if this was any other team, literally any other team in the league, they lose that game. They lose yesterday, or not yesterday, Sunday. Yeah. I mean, like. I mean, still good they come up with a W. I, they, it seems like uh, they're letting the chains off of Josh Allen just slightly. It looks like they're, they've been doing this progressively for the last couple of years. And they're now entering Josh Allen year three and letting he a little looks bit. looks like he's making worse decisions than ever. Yeah. He literally handed a Jets player the ball. He literally ran up and handed it to him. I just. It's what like it's very miss it's very misleading because the Bills jumped out to that huge lead and then just sat on the lead and didn't do anything and the Jets had a chance to come back and win. I I I figured the Bills would like cover at the very least, which they did. Yeah. But yeah, the idea that I feel any better about the Bills? I don't. I don't feel it like, oh man, maybe I was wrong. No, I feel. I, I, I don't feel that way at all. I feel all. the exact same about the Bills that I do last year. The exact same. They could. Their defense is still really good and can win games. Um, Josh Allen can manage a game okay. In this game, he made a lot more bad decisions than he's made in previous times. Maybe he's just gotten lucky with some of those bad decisions, like vaulting that one guy. He didn't lose the football when that happened that time. This time, he got, like, fucking 360 He fucking went up to a guy, and dude hit him, and then he ended up doing a McTwist. And then, like, fucking crashed on the ground. Dropped that fucking ball. Like, shit like yeah. that. He, he's, he's trying to, like, do dumb Superman shit again. The kid needs to slow the fuck down and work on his accuracy. Yep. But other yep. than that, I mean, like, I don't know. The Bills still have a shot at winning this division. I don't know, man. They still have a shot. The the Patriots, dude. Let's let's talk about that game. I wasn't done yet. Okay, let's go back. You keep going. Oh, I was just gonna mention that. Uh, I I. I know the Jets are really bad. They have personnel issues. They have coaching issues. Anything. When is it time for us to hang the hat on Sam Darnold? 
I think people just I think because the personnel and the coaching is so bad that well here's the problem. Dude, the kid had a 19 QBR. Dude, dude Sam okay, well, here's the thing. Sam Darnold is regressing. Like Sam yeah. Darnold is 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 be, is because of the lack of coaching and uh I, I don't even know what you would call it. Like not the lack of skill position people, but the just the horrible void void of talent void of talent that they have it's turning him into like a a horrible it's turning him into a bad quarterback yep. i think 100% i don't think I feel so bad for that. i feel so bad for that kid dude yeah his his career is over before it even started yep is tragic he's going to be a washed up he's going to be a washed up backup somewhere else when his rookie contract runs out I hope they do the smart thing and get rid of Gase sooner than later. They're going to have a really bad season this year, and they're going to get rid of Gase. Actually, I would, if, they keep, if they keep doing this bad, I don't think Gase survives Thanksgiving. Do you think if they do bad enough that they uh, they pull a Rosen on Darnold and draft Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, 100%. That would be wild. 100%. 100%. <laughs> If that they end up wild. with the first overall pick, they're taking Trevor Lawrence. Now, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, they're just like, they're going to end up dumping the kid off, and he could end up getting picked up. I don't know. Maybe one, one, uh, Bill Belichick might take a look at him. I and take the kid in. At evaluating in-division talent. Yep. Yeah. He might just be so shell-shocked by that point. <laughs> Then I don't even know if he's going to be like a suitable starter. Like Rosen, now that he got completely fucked, he's just not able to make it anywhere. I don't think Rosen played enough to yeah. get as fucked up as. Well, yeah, Sam this Darnold. is Darnold's third season, and he's been god awful. Yeah, god awful. Where did Rosen sign at? He's in Tampa. Yep. Oh, Tampa. Yeah, that's right. He, he, he Tampa I couldn't back. remember. Do do we want to? Because I was going to work down the list that I have here, but do you want to? Since we kind of teased it, do we want to jump down to Miami and New England? Yeah, we can stay in division yeah, for a second. We were talking since since we want to bring up that maybe the Bills can still win their division. I don't think so. I think I think Bill Belichick goosed goosed them. Belichick goosed the division, and the Patriots are going to win it again. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised at this point. The, I the definitely... only thing the only thing working against them is. When uh, Flores decides to pull the switch on Fitzmagic and put Tua in, and then we see what the Dolphins are like with a different quarterback. But until then, that Bills team's not beaten New England. That, that Josh Allen's not beaten this New England. Um, and the Jets suck. And Miami, so much young talent, pretty good defense. They played... They played the Patriots pretty well, but if they're going to keep Fitzmagic as their quarterback, they're not going to get anywhere. Right. Told you, man, by, by, by week six, if he's been named the starter at the beginning of the year, he has always been pulled by at least week six. Well, the history is doomed to repeat itself or blessed to repeat itself, depending I, on how you think. I really don't want to see him play this year. I think I, don't, I think I've gone back and forth on it, but actually, finally seeing Dolphins play, I'll bet there was no preseason, and they're still trying to figure things out. I don't want them to come out with this team. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think they should. Um, yeah, I'm I 100 agree with Corey. I think it's a weird season to go ahead and trot him out. 
I think there, the, a lot of the team can figure out their identity outside of him during this season. And if they lose a bunch of games, they get another high pick. You're right. Who cares? Just do it. We'll just, see. just trot good old. Just trot out good old Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let him fucking bomb it out a little bit. Let the defensive personnel get a little more used to each other. As long as you're all in on Flores, I don't see a reason to push him out this year. I think they should be. I, 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 and I, at least I personally am all in on Flores. I think. I like uh, Flores a lot. Yeah, me too. I, I feel like he he walked like. Last year, we looked at the Miami Dolphins. Everybody, everybody in the fucking nation was was like convinced that they were tanking. They had literally nothing. The Miami Dolphins team was a wasteland. This is true. They, and yet I mean, he still, mm-hmm. and yet he still went in there, established a good culture change, and started flipping this team around for the better. Won five games. And they won five games, and they were they didn't finish anywhere close to the last team. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's great. It's just like I, I, I think once you see that, you're like, well, I guess Flores is it, and you keep rolling with that. I, I mean, I don't think Flores is doing a bad job. No, uh, again, working with what he's got. The Dolphins should be a good team soon. I, I feel like. Maybe not this year, but we'll start to see the turnaround. I, I think, think within the next two years, they will rise up and maybe get a division title. I'd say, I'll tell you right now, here's a, here's, a, here's a year and a half ahead of time prediction. Fad Pod boys were right time. The Miami Dolphins win their division next year. You're, you're a, I, because I was picking them this year. You're saying that's going to happen next year. They don't yeah, win the division this year. Sorry, buddy. That's not yeah. happening. There was. Yeah, there's too much player turnover in such a weird offseason. Yeah. Not not this year. Next year? Too many young players. Next year, yes. 100% this team wins the division. I don't know, man. I got I got to stick to my I got to stick to my my guns and It's okay. And We're it. used to you being wrong. It's okay. <laughs> oh my damn. god. Damn, son. Wow. Now on the opposite side, Cam Newton making this big old comeback. You can't help but root for the guy. He looked fucking awesome. No, he looked. I was really wondering good. if they were gonna. I was wondering if they were gonna have a little hole cut out in the top of his helmet for his unicorn horn to come through. <laughs> but they didn't. No, nope. I was upset. Man, but yeah, he looked good. Um, once again, he got to feel bad for what he's working with, but he, he made it work. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you still have once again when your your top receivers is like a is like a, a cobwebbed Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry. Julian Edelman. It's like, like Cam Newton is going to be the lead rusher in New England this oh, year for sure. For sure, he's going to be the lead rusher. He's a, they don't have like a Christian McCaffrey, so like he's just gonna he's just gonna be the lead yeah, rusher. Until the team. Damian Harris comes in. Hey, hey, maybe. Hey, boo boo. Cameron is gonna have like almost a hundred yards rush, rushing every single fucking game. Probably until yeah. we, I, until either he gets hurt or they figure until out. Damian Harris comes in. Right. So, uh, speaking of 
disgruntled. Did you guys hear? I'm I'm moving down to another game, the Bears and Lions. Okay. So, uh, your boy, Allen Robinson. Yeah. Has requested a trade. No. From the Chicago Bears. No, no way. Imagine not, imagine not wanting to play with the Bears. They won the game, though. Ah, oh, man. Mm. Imagine not wanting to get the ball thrown to you by Mitchell fucking Trubisky. Imagine. Now, what an anomaly. What an anomaly that the Bears won that game. I know that, like, I think the Trubisky's, like, undefeated against the Lions or something like that. The Lions were the no, – sorry to interrupt you, Matt. The Lions were only the fourth team in the history of the NFL to lose when leading by 17 in the fourth quarter. That's yeah. how that's how improbable that comeback was. It sounds like a Matt Patricia. That sounds like a Matt Patricia stat. That's that Matt Patricia prevent defense. Oh, here okay, here we go. So, Alan, on Allen Robinson, right? So, since entering the league, I don't know what year Allen Robinson came into the league, but since entering the league, only 62% of Allen Robinson's targets have been deemed catchable, okay? That is <laughs> out of 100 qualifying oh. receivers, that is oh. 95th. Oh no. That's and he's a ta- and he's l- Probably a top 10 receiver and. Oh, my God, I can't even. I fucking hate the Bears, dude. Yeah. Can you you imagine if he had a cop like a competent quarterback these last three years? Hey, man, Green Bay will take him. You ready for Washington football team to trade for? That would be lit. I would love that. That would be incredible. Put him put him out there with Terry McLaurin. I don't know. He'd still he'd be getting the same kind of passes again. Dwayne Haskins looked like ass. Oh, he did look really bad, didn't he? Dwayne Haskins looked really, maybe, really bad. Maybe he'll go to maybe he'll go to New England. Really, Green Bay would be more than happy really to has. take him. <laughs> so you want him to have even more uncatchable passes from who? <laughs> from, from, from Aaron Rodgers? Cam. Oh, oh Cam. From Cam. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Cam I mean, Newton's got an accuracy Cam. problem. <laughs> I'm going to post this. I'm going to post this in the uh, fan pod discord. I was just on the NFL subreddit reading. Well, then let's let's do the classic cliche thing then for this game. Is it more impressive that the Bears came back or is it so incredibly stupid that the Lions couldn't put away the Bears with a 17 point lead in the fourth quarter? It's all on the line. Again, I I brought it up. It's. Yeah, no, the prevent it's a defense. prevent defense. Yeah, it prevents you from winning. That's what it does. That's, that's all it does. And again, Trubisky, I think, is now 4-0. I think he's 4-0 or 5-0 against the Lions. I don't think he's lost to him yet. And, okay, no. The big thing we need to talk about is Matthew Stafford won that game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and DeAndre Matthew Swift. Stafford came down and did his classic Matthew Stafford fourth quarter drive. To win the game, low key and low key. If Stafford plays like this all season and DeAndre Swift doesn't drop game-winning touchdown passes, Stafford could put himself in the discussion for MVP. I mean, I he, mean had he was a- doing it last year before he got hurt, and well, we're, Stafford we're also was doing this without his number one receiver. On Stafford, the field. Stafford stats were okay. He was a uh, twenty-four for forty-two, two hundred ninety-seven yards, seven point one average, uh, with, QBR forty-five. Without his number works. one receiver. 
No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that was number one receiver and his his rookie running back dropping the game winning touchdown. Here, you want to know why I don't feel bad though? Is the Lions keep investing these high end draft picks in these running backs? And then they bring in a 45-year-old one-dimensional running back and make him your lead rusher. Like, I don't feel bad for you nobody, losing a game. Nobody like, made what, him their why? lead rusher beside Adrian Peterson himself. He popped the fuck off, dude. I don't care. Like, if you're gonna, like, why are you bringing in Adrian Peterson There's, when you spent two second-round picks on two rookie running backs that you don't use? I know. No, that's, see, that's really dumb, but, like, I don't blame them when they fucking trotted Adrian Peterson out and he just ripped one for fucking 26 yards. Yeah, you're gonna let him sit for a couple rounds, and you're putting him back in. You're putting him back in. Tell him, Justin. That shit irritates me. AP. But it, it, dude, it just makes sense. It's it's bad when that happens. It's bad coaching if you let him sit. You trot DeAndre Swift back out there. It's bad coaching. And then he rips another one off. And what? You still want to sit him for DeAndre Swift that game? No. How about you just don't draft DeAndre Swift or don't bring in Adrian Peterson and you just run DeAndre Swift? Right. And then that way, at the end of the game, when you've been sitting DeAndre Swift on the bench for a 45-year-old running back, then entrusting him to be the guy to make the game-winning catch is so insanely stupid. No, no, well, I don't think I don't think DeAndre was the first, like, was was the uh, with the hot route on that. He was just the guy that got open. Yep. Because he was the yeah, I mean, out. I, I, he was the check down. You really can't. I don't know. I don't think you can blame anybody except DeAndre Swift on that last play. Like, it's, I'm not putting the loss on DeAndre Swift because the game's 60 minutes long. You could, there's plenty of time to, you know, other opportunities to win the game. Like but had, when you had that play, oh, can you I, can't can drop I, that play. Can I bookmark Corey saying that? When what? The, what? Th- that there are 60 minutes in a game? Yeah, I mean, like, well, uh, fairly for the Chicago Bears, there's only 15. So, but they, they scored uh, three in the first, three in the second, and then 21 in the fourth. That's just, uh, you know, the, the Detroit Lions bend not break defense just breaking. Yeah. Because it sucks. Do you know what would have really helped the Lions also? Uh, a different coach? Uh, <laughs> I think Jamie Collins <laughs> on the field. That and maybe being able to put Darius Slay on Anthony Miller. That might have helped. Or, or even having Akuda out there would have helped. Or yeah. having Kenny Galladay out there would have helped. Uh, yeah. the, the Lions frustrate me, man. They are, they, they are just a complete... Three Lions are yet again going to turn into a complete shit show this year, most likely. I don't think the Chicago Bears are a good team either, by the way. No. These are no. two bad teams going at it. Yeah. Just Speaking like, of... Bears got some good stuff around a really terrible quarterback, and then Detroit's got a bunch of garbage surrounding who should be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Speaking of garbage teams, what about the Cleveland Browns? Well, you know what? They burned me. I don't think I, I. I think we pumped the brakes on calling them garbage. Just no, I, I agree. Yeah, they're not garbage. That's week one. Baker's, Baker's on his fourth head coach already. 
uh, Stefanski is bringing in a new scheme. They have a bunch of new personnel against a team that brought back almost all of their starters. It dominated our Super Bowl favorites. Dominate in week one, like you always mentioned. It, it was a recipe for failure. It's a, it's going against a team that hung 40 on them the year prior in their home. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, so you get the revenge game aspect out of it. I just did not expect Cleveland to only put up six points in this game. It was it was definitely... It's, Go ahead, Corey. It's just, it's just one of those teams that brought in a lot of new personnel and, and really needed a preseason to really get themselves together. Speaking of, of like chemistry, though, I understand that last year there were some problems during training camp and during the season, whatever. But Odell, they they have to figure out if Odell works. Because I don't like... Dude, it's, it's been two years. Yeah, it's we're at the point now. You had an entire season last year. It's not like they had... Like in in what they were able to practice and what they were able to do, Odell is still supposed to be a world class wide receiver, and it just seems like Baker was trying. He was trying to force the ball yeah, to him, and I think that was bad. And it's not working. Was- Down there, Odell was tar- targeted ten times and only caught three balls. Yeah, like I mean, it- this is a, a receiver learning. A new system, just like we talked about before. Instead of he, instead of him going somewhere else, the coach came to him and brought his new system. Wide oh. receivers aren't good in year one. The systems. I do. So is he just gonna, I mean, like what? It's, so is, I, is are they just doomed to do this you, forever? Can you? Is De- is is Odell like that much I'm worse than DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah. I don't it's, think it's I controversial. Mean, can you compare anybody? I don't think it's yeah. hard to compare anybody to DeAndre Hopkins. No, there's there's, a, there's only a couple players you can even compare to DeAndre Hopkins at this point. No, I don't think Odell's even close anymore, if I'm being I, honest. I, I think you could I think we can make the list right here on one finger, and that's probably uh Calvin Johnson. I yeah. think that's the only player you can compare him to. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I, like, I just think I think if, if we're talking about Odell not being the player that he used to be, well, then he wasn't that player last year either. Right. So what is he still doing on the team? Right. Because it's not <laughs> running a new system. Like, but are they just going to be engaged to do this for perpetuity? Like something's got to fucking give with the Cleveland Browns here. Yeah. And that's what we've been say- saying for how long how you can't keep switching your quarterback or your coach every single year. It doesn't yeah. work. We've been saying that for how long? Right. But I don't think I don't think this rides for the rest of the year with the players. If I'm being honest, do you think if Cleveland does really shitty again this year, do you think Odell wants would want to stay for another year? No, he'll want to get shipped out. I'm I'm not I'm not shipping this idea that Cleveland is bad. I still I I think Cleveland it was the perfect storm for Baltimore like Matt said. But I will say this. And you don't want to have this type of situation this early in the year and I know it's a little bit dangerous, but with Baltimore shellacking them the way they did with Cincinnati who we'll get to later 
pretty much beating the Chargers, just <laughs> not being able to. Randy Bullock pulled his freaking hamstring on a kick that would have sent it to overtime. And AJ extending on a Enzo play. Right. Yeah. AJ extending his arms to get an OPI. All of the other AFC North teams looked really good. Right. In some facet, right? Yeah. Cincinnati looked good late once Joe Burrow started. Plus, by the way, the level of difficulty for Joe Burrow's first ever start going up against the Chargers defense is like... I'll bet without. He was like you know. throwing into a wall almost all game, getting sacked, yeah. hurried, pressured. But then when like push came to shove and he needed to manufacture a two-minute drive, a rookie in his first game manufactured a two-minute drive that should have won the game. Right. Well, it tied the game. Baptism by fire. Yeah, exactly. But what I'm saying is Cleveland plays Cincinnati on Thursday. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying Cleveland needs to win this game. But if they lose this game and say... They have to show something this game. Yeah, like Cleveland needs to show either that we're at... Here's Cle Cleveland needs to show we're at least better than Cincinnati. Because right. if if you're not clearly better than Cincinnati at this point, and Baltimore can go off and beat Houston, which I think they will, and Pittsburgh can go play and beat Denver, which I think they will. Um, if Cleveland either struggles to put away Cincinnati or they flat out lose, that's troublesome like i'm not saying the whole season is derailed i'm just saying it's it certainly doesn't the the projection is not looking great right. for cleveland if they don't either flat out win or look really impressive in this thursday night game in against cincinnati is all i'm saying uh i also want to yeah. praise joe burrow here for a second i think this I think he really got his team, like the team was playing, like they were really behind him. Like, I think this team really believes in him. They like, they really think he's the wonder kid. Like they, they can win with him. I think oh yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. seeing that one game, like you could see that team was playing better than what it looks like. I think the Bengals, that was a weird game. Cause I think we're jumping to that game now. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just this, transition. This was a really weird game because the two things that I I felt very strongly about in this game was that Joe Burrow, because of the level, you're first of all, you're going up against three el like elite to above average corners, right? And Desmond King, Casey Hayward, and oh, excuse me, Chris uh, and Chris Harris, plus. You have two really good edge rushers. So the level of difficulty for Joe Burrow is high, right? Yeah. And, right. and I thought that because of how bad the Bengals defense is, that he was going to be playing from like a massive deficit, right? So the fact that the, and, and we can reflect this back to the Chargers, the fact that the Chargers only scored 16 points against the Bengals defense, again, new quarterback, I get it. But this is not a good defense. No, like well, the Chargers. The Chargers. The Chargers. I mean, like yeah. really bad. Like really it bad. Was, it, this is a. I think it's just an unproven defense because you got a really good offensive line or defensive line there with Carl Lawson, 
DJ Reader. I don't think Geno Atkins Atkins played yesterday. He's so not pretty. That's pretty stout defensive line. You got some questionables in that linebacking core with Jermaine Pratt and uh, my boy. You know, uh, Akeem Davis oh, yeah. gathers. Yeah, your boy. And then uh, I think the other rookies, Logan Wilson, something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then the secondaries, uh, it's okay. I mean, you brought in Alexander, who didn't play. Uh, Von Bell didn't play. I don't know. I think this is a defense I could we could see improving throughout the year. It, it's when just- you have a lot of your star standout players not playing in week one. I do want to mention that in that game, Casey Hayward had 12 solo tackles. As a corner. As a corner. That's wild. That's pretty crazy. That's fucking insane. I just think that the Chargers, first of all, the fact that Austin Eckler only had one catch was odd to me. Yeah. Only a little dumpy for three yards, too. Yeah, this is supposed to be a, a the same offense, just with a different quarterback. But it's I, I think that I think the Chargers are just kind of I don't know lost in the woods offensively. Yeah, they are like, when you bring in when you, when you trot Tyrod Taylor out there, which we, we know everybody knows who Tyrod Taylor is. He is the most He's a great leader. He is the dictionary that can only get you 20 points. Right. Right. He is the dictionary definition of game manager. Yeah. He's not going to, he's not going to do anything crazy to turn the ball over. Right. See, he didn't turn the ball ball over at all, but he only went 16 for 30. We only go 16. They see catches on 30 attempts. His QBR was an abysmal 26.5. Like, you're not getting anything crazy out of Tyrod Taylor, but the no, I know yeah. this. I know this Chargers offense was intent on leaning really hard on Eckler, and he only rushed for 84 yards. Yeah. So I don't know what what this offense even is. I I think we're all I mean, in agreement. Like, What'd you say, Corey? 84 yards. 84 yards isn't bad. It's, four, it's over four yards to carry. Yeah, he's four point four. You were just you were just thinking that he was going to factor more into the passing game, right? That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like he only totaled with eighty. He only had eighty seven total yards. Like I yeah. think I think the biggest letdown was Mike Williams and Keenan Allen only combining for eight passes. That's eight catches. That's insane. Right. Again, like you said, against pretty much the backup DBs in Cincinnati who already aren't super talented on the back end. So I think we're all in agreement that for a first game level of difficulty, the insane, unprecedented offseason that he had, I was impressed. I like Joe Burrow. Well, yeah, I was impressed with Joe Burrow. I really was. I I was impressed. Like I know it's only been Bang one game. We'll see how it above, goes. But Bank was playing above their skill. Chargers playing below their skill. Right. Yeah. Good way in to a put game, it. In a game that the Bengals could have won. Um, 
yeah, I, I like I like Joe Burrow a lot. I like his toughness. I like I, I his it's, poise it's really hard. is yeah, he's, very dude, his he's, poise. This is kid's insane. out here getting fucking hammered. Yeah, and and the fact that it's like he didn't like, crumble on his first start, and even after the game, like he's able to just like be humble and criticize his own performance. Like, what what else do you want out of a kid, man? Yeah, that uh, that one rookie, almost same thing as Josh Allen, except not as close of him just handing the ball to defender on that little shovel pass. Yeah, it was his own. It was really my only critique to his game. As for a starter, right? Yeah, and like really bad turnover. Yeah, and like the, you'll, you're going to get that out of rookies, so. though. Yeah. Like rookies turn the ball over; they'll make what, dumb little mistakes. Especially once he This is this is also a kid that's only had like three practices with his starting top wide receiver. Right. I'm sure that's going to improve as the year goes on. Yeah, I think the Bengals as a whole will improve as the year goes on. I mean. They might not lose the division. Because so, the Browns might. <laughs> Bengals, Bengals, Mike Thomas pretty much did the same as Saints' Mike Thomas. So any day you could say that you were as good as the other Mike Thomas in the league. <laughs> pretty good day. Yeah. So <laughs> the next game I have here is Green Bay and Minnesota. All right, boys, hold on a second. And... I don't really I guess we'll wait to see what Justin wants to say about this game. Yeah. But what 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 were your guys' thoughts, Corey and Matt? I uh I think it was definitely what we expected Green Bay to do against that offense. But I think it's I think it shows how good the Vikings offense still can be. I don't know. I don't think I, they're going to win any of your games with defense this year, but no, they will. The, the Vikings defense keep it in it. Vikings defense is absolutely horrible. Yeah, I, with that all that overturn that I talked about that they're mm. starting three brand new corners and three new defensive linemen and a new outside linebacker. I want. I do want to ask though. How did you guys feel about Kirk Cousins attempting six passes? In a half of <laughs> modern day football. Listen, uh, they don't trust him. I don't the think Vikings, they the don't Vikings don't. The Vikings don't fucking trust Kirk Cousins. No, it's not that. It's just that Mike Zimmer is stuck in the 1940s. It like Mike Zimmer's quarterback could be Deshaun Watson, and Mike Zimmer would want Deshaun Watson to only throw the ball five times in the first half. Like, that's how stuck in the mud he is. Yeah. And, like, thank God for... Thank God for Adam Thielen existing as a player. Because otherwise, that would have been an absolute rout. Like, Green Bay would have beat them by 30 if if not for Adam Thielen being an NFL player on the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Anyway, what I was doing... I'm showing off my uh, first safety of the season. My Jair Alexander jersey got the first safety of the season and caught a and and got a pick. Um, God bless this man. Damn, is he good? Got a safety as a corner, by the way. And just like wild, yeah. So like that'd be wild. That's fucking crazy. 
I, I was I was all in on that kid from the moment that he that he blocked a Tom Brady pass with his helmet. And I'm glad I jumped on that train because goddamn has it paid off ever since. So when you said he got a safety as a corner, what came into my head was like I was thinking his, his safety was an interception because my brain's dumb. So I was like, corners get in corners get interceptions all the time. What are you talking? And then I realized like, no, you meant a safety. No, like he sacked Kirk Cousins in the fucking end zone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. My brain's just dumb. <laughs> I mean, like, you don't expect to hear something like that. He's a corner. <laughs> But yeah, I loved it. I actually, so I was it, they did way better than I thought they would. Um, yeah, we had our usual Green Bay problem though of them like you know coming out ahead and then kind of like giving up a little too much towards the end of the game. Prevent defense. Yeah, but they don't even like it's not the I don't know it's so weird because they don't it's play like NFC, that for most of the NFC, game. It must be an NFC North thing. Hmm. But like the Packers yeah. defense is really aggressive, like all the way up until they get get ahead by like two or three touchdowns. It's like really aggressive until that point. So it, it's just really strange to me. Um, but a fun little tidbit about this game. What's that? Fun little tidbit about this game. Um, the Packers held the ball for forty-one minutes and sixteen seconds, which is um. The most time of possession since the stats started getting tracked. Really? Yep, the Wait, Packers set a new record. 41 minutes and 16 seconds. Okay. First of all, I want to say that's insane. But the second thing I want to say is the fact that the Minnesota Vikings only held onto the ball for 19 minutes. 18 and minutes scored, and 44 seconds. Yeah, but they scored 34 points. Right. Is a tad bit concerning for the Packers defense? A little bit. That's a tad bit concerning. And that's what I was about to get to. So you see that. Then you see. How the fuck did they score 34 points in 18 minutes? Yeah. How? How? Yeah. I mean, and 24 of it came in the fourth, though. So, like, it's just that it's the same shit where they just kind of, like... Aaron going to have to bail that team out again. I mean, like, they were ahead, like, the whole game. I'm smelling another NFC playoff berth, losing to a good team in the NFC championship for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. The tale is old as time. Maybe if we had, like, (laughs) another receiver and then, like, I don't know, a good, uh, like, an actually, like, cohesive good defense instead of, like... A defense that's sprinkled with really talented players. Yep. Death taxes, the Green Bay front office. Yep. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. But from what they have, I'm really impressed. I mm-hmm. hope it keeps up. Aaron Rodgers always, always starts off the season really impressive. He does it every year. So I'm not going to reserve judgment yet. I'm not going to say, oh, man, Aaron Rodgers about to have an MVP, MVP season or whatever. No. I'm reserving hey, my judgment on that shit because he did as, the same fucking thing last year, and he regressed. As long as long as he keeps throwing the ball to Devontae Adams 14 times a game. He will. I'm, I'm happy with that. He, he, uh, he will. All right. Do we – I think it, it's time that we give Corey his moment in the sun. And I think we give him the, abil- the, 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 the chance 
sit here and talk about the Colts Jaguars game and just Corey, the, the, the floor is yours. You guys said Jacksonville got no talent. You forgot no. about Jonathan Allen. I don't know if he even did anything, but he's there. You got Henderson who played really well for his first game. He almost shut out T Y Hilton. You got Minshew just surgical, surgical, surgical. making those passes that I told you that he makes one. He missed, had one incompletion that I think was a throwaway. Yeah, he was 19 was, of 20, 173 yards, which is not a lot. But 73.2 QBR, not bad. Touchdowns. Yeah, he was also sacked four times, though, which is a little concerning. Well, that's lying stuff. Um, what? James Robinson? Yeah, what the hell? Having, having 100% of the running back workload, carry-wise. Well, this gets Chenault, who had that weird core surgery over the offseason, came out and played pretty well. This team's got some talent. I'm not saying that they're going to the playoffs or anything. I'm just saying don't undersell the Jaguars. I mean, the scenario we're going to have to take, I didn't think Jacksonville would drop 27 points on anybody this year, let alone the Indianapolis Colts. So, like, that's well, an L that I'm just going to have to take. I don't know, man. It is and, Phillip Rivers throwing interceptions. Henderson, he only threw two. Rookie Henderson, rookie Henderson having three passes defensed in his first career start. Right. Yeah, but... but uh, this is what I was talking about before, though. Like, like talking about the Colts here for a second. This is what I was talking about before with Philip Rivers, and why I think this is like just like a boneheaded fucking move. Because this is the fate that the Colts are going to be subjected to this entire fucking season, where they are going to look so impressive on so many drives, and Philip Rivers is just able to charge that ball straight up the fucking field, and then he is going to turn the ball over. And he's going to do it in moments that are too important for him to do so. That's always when Philip Rivers turns the ball over. He'll look fucking impressive. He'll throw for 400 fucking yards. Then he'll get to like near the two-minute warning, and he'll throw a fucking pick. I also think that uh, T.Y. Hilton has lost a step because uh, he dropped a few passes in that game and didn't look too good. Yeah. He was, he, he was targeted nine times and only caught four. Yep, and I know a couple of them were drops for sure. I, I watched him drop them. There's another one I think he took out of bounds that I think a couple years ago he toe taps in. Mm-hmm. I will say, Paris Campbell looked really good. Campbell's going to be the heir apparent to T.Y. Hilton yep. because yes. I think T.Y. is on, T.Y.'s on the way out. Yeah, he's just he's getting injury. old. Yeah, injury. He's had a lot of weird injuries. Age is getting up there. He's those like smaller speed guys. I feel like tend to age faster because when you rely on those abilities for so long, unless you're like Ted Ginn and you just play forever, right? Because you only get the ball thrown to you two times a game. Um, but when you're constantly like taking those hits and getting those, you know that stockpiling of injuries that T.Y. has had over the course of his career. I, I agree with Matt. I think, I think T.Y. has definitely lost a little bit of a step 
Yeah. And when you have a quarterback that has a very, let's call it a unique type of throwing motion and delivery like Philip Rivers, it's it's it just magnifies the problems that I think could be existing within T.Y. Hilton. I will say that if you'd have told me that Jonathan Taylor would have six catches for 67 yards. That's impressive. Coming out of college when that was his like biggest weakness, like he could not catch the football. So whatever it is that he worked on during the off season, that was very impressive to see. And now he gets to have whatever, whatever percentage of the, of the workload was going to be split between him and Marlon Mack. Now he gets all of it. And Naheem Hines will get probably the same amount that he was probably supposed to get. So I don't know. I think you're going to get Naheem Himes taking about 50, 60% of that workload. Yeah. I think they're going to ease Jonathan Taylor. And if we knew one thing about Philip Rivers is he could throw a good ball to the running back. I mean, he had Eckler for years. He had 17 passes to the running back that game and hit on every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Which she loves those check downs. They're, they're pretty yeah, they're pretty automatic, but we've seen we've seen a lot of those being missed this week just because of the you know, the off season training camp and everything. Already we've seen a lot missed this year. Right. Uh I have a <laughs> I have a I have a very important I guess this is news. I'm just I'm just gonna read the the picture. This is from uh, Bleacher Report Gridiron tweeted this out, and this is this is involving John Gruden and the one and O Las Vegas Raiders. So the top portion of the text says John Gruden confused to hear wife's name in Derek Carr audible. Apparently, during the football game uh, against the Panthers, the Raiders QB called out Cindy Gruden, Tiger Woods. John Gruden said he had no idea why. Excuse me? Sounds about right. That's really weird. So, so, so apparently Derek Carr has an audible that the head that, coach doesn't know about. That the head coach doesn't know about. And the name of the audible is the head coach's wife. So I just I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to share that. So if anybody has anything they want to say about this game, the Raiders and the Panthers, I don't know how much insightful stuff we have for that game. But uh, the Raiders defense is worse than we thought, considering the Panthers were in it. Um, they should have won this game. They should have won it by more. Um, but are you underselling? Don't... Are you underselling Teddy Bridgewater and his ragtag group of? I'm underselling, I'm underselling him a little bit. I like Teddy. I like I like DJ Moore, but I think I think Vegas should have won this game. They had control, but also I, it's not so much Teddy. It's the Carolina defense is not that good, and I don't I pump the brakes on what you think of the Raiders because I don't when they play a better team. Well, I mean, see what they look like Raiders. I don't know. I mean, your two starting receivers are rookies and then you have a guy in the second year with Renfro and then you're trotting out 
90 year old Jason Witten out there. And with, I think Darren Waller is probably your most solid piece on your receiving game. J- Jacobs looked good though. So that was good for them. Yeah. I think, uh, I think this Carolina team is going to be scoring points this year between DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and Robert Anderson. And then you can't even, even without mentioning the name of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I wanna- think they're really set up to score some points this year. I think their defense is going to give up a lot of points with their, all those rookies. Do you want to know my, the best uh, the best thing I heard to explain the Carolina Panthers, like what they're going to be this year? They're just going to be really annoying. Like they're, they're not going to win a lot of games, but they're going to be one of those teams that spoil playoff seeding for teams later in the year. They're just going to be a really pesky, annoying, hard to put away, you know, grabby type of team. It's a good way to think about it. Yeah, that's definitely what I think uh, Carolina is. But I'm, I agree. The, the, the Raiders defense stinks. Uh, there were some flashes of Henry Ruggs in that game, though. Where yeah, he and then he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And he got hurt. <laughs> so we'll we'll see where we'll see where the, the Raiders go from there, which is probably getting their asses handed to them on a silver platter by the Saints on Monday oh, yeah. night. Oh, yeah. But even without a Michael Thomas. That's going to be an interesting situation. I don't like if you if you would have told me like envision the Saints without Alvin Kamara, I'd be like, okay, I could kind of envision that, right? Like envision the Saints without Drew Brees. Okay, well that's easy because I saw it last year. But envisioning what the Saints' offense would look like without Michael Thomas is strange to me. And I don't know how it's going to work. He's Breeze's ultimate safety net. And now that he doesn't have that and you have Breeze with regressing arm strength from old. I don't I don't. It'll be interesting to see what the team does. I think it's just going to be a lot of Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook. Like, that's that's what I think. I think it's just going to be a lot of, you know, intermediate routes to Cook and Sanders and let. You know, let Camara run his Texas routes and uh, what are they called? Wheel routes out of the backfield. And hopefully he doesn't go out of bounds at the one centimeter line this week. But no, I think I think the, the Raiders and the Panthers are. I don't know. I picked the Raiders to go eight and eight simply because I didn't like the Broncos and Chargers. But we'll see. So. Easily, I think the upset of the week was Philadelphia blowing a 17 point lead, giving up 27 unanswered points to the Washington uh, football team. I almost said it. Washington football team. Oh, I did say it once. Where where you could literally see the momentum shifting away from the Eagles after the first interception went through. And Washington just kept getting closer and kept getting closer. And then they scored and then they scored again. And the Eagles kept kicking field goals and Carson Wentz kept getting sacked, which by the way, that defensive front. Carson Wentz was sacked eight times. Yeah. Eight. Chase Young looked so good, dude. Yeah. Chase Young looked 
really I, I actually think he was the highest on pff i think he was the highest graded rookie from week one i think he scored in like the 80s let's see he had so, he had he had four total tackles two solo and sack and a half yeah damn i know uh Jack Rabbit was the highest rated defender of the week with like an 82. So he's probably close to that. Yep. Yeah, he was like low. Uh, I want to say low 80s, like 81 and a half or something like that. So mm-hmm. wait, I think T- yeah. I thought T- um, I think TJ was rated way higher than an 82. TJ that might have just been from the Sunday games. Oh, maybe just saw, you know, I probably saw like yesterday afternoon. Um, I don't know. This Washington so, team. If I'm, if I, Go ahead, buddy. If I'm if I'm the Rams this week, the only person I'm putting on that defensive line is Aaron Donald, and just putting ten people back in coverage, and I'm guarantee you, Aaron Donald could get five sacks just from <laughs> <laughs> coverage. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, the thing is, like, want <clears throat> the Washington offense still has a lot of problems. This is gonna. I feel like this year this team is gonna be like sort of reminiscent of uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers from last year. That is a really good where, comparison. Where you're gonna see this defense probably take off super hard and give the the give the the Washington football team uh, great great field position over and over again. Yeah, it's going to be one of those situations where if like, at the end of the game, without looking at the score, if you look at just like the turnovers and the sacks, if Washington wins the sack battle in a game, they probably won. Yeah, but if they didn't, they probably got blown out. Right. They turned the, I, the Eagles turned the ball over three times and all three times. It gave incredibly favorable field position to Washington. How and bad, Kuiper, What's up? You said, but Kuiper, you say sacks don't matter. Sacks don't matter on first and second down. It depends on who you're sacking. If you're sacking, right. if you're sacking Dwayne Haskins on first down and you're giving him a loss of like 15, he's going to have trouble bringing that back. Yeah. Like a sack, like... If like, you sack... Uh, if you sack like if you sack Carson Wentz for the eighth time, he probably can't see. Yeah, my my thing is <laughs> like, if you sack like like the Steelers on Monday night, they had a one yard sack on Daniel Jones. Like that sack doesn't matter. Like you might as well have just tackled a, a screen pass a yard back in the backfield. Like right. it doesn't really. It's not a, a catastrophic thing that derails a an offensive drive. Sacks are a big deal. It's just a matter of what quarterback you're sacking and, and what like what down it is and what distance it is and your field position. There are sacks that are way more detrimental to a team than like they're not all created. And plus, like sacks are so like fleeting and inconsistent. But I don't know if it was because of the sacks or not. Or maybe it was because the Eagles are just already just dealing with massive amounts of injuries. But holy crap, did Carson Wentz look bad? He looked he like, looked great early at on. First. Yeah, and it fell apart quick. Went on, 
as that game went on, he got really, really bad. As the, if you get if you get sacked eight times in a game, like you're not going to be able to function. That man was taking that uh, injury prone. I'm surprised Carson Wentz didn't get injured. If I'm being honest, injury prone quarterback, yeah, he's incredibly injury prone quarterback, he's, taking all those hits. He's the most injury prone quarterback in the NFL, and you're letting him get sacked eight times. Yeah, not yeah. including the quarterback hits of the hits that he takes. You know, after the ball is thrown. Yeah. yeah, that's insane. It's not good. It's, uh, it's, I think it's something we're going to see get improved on the next few weeks because it was, they reshuffled that whole line around like a couple of days before the game started because of the injury they had on the line. Uh, so they, you know, they moved everybody around and it's going to take some, it takes time for the offensive line to gel. You know, we've talked about that before, but uh, I think they have enough experience on the line that they'll be able to get it together sooner rather than later. But I'm still playing the Rams defense against them next week. Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So do we have any comments from the Saints fan about? the way that Tampa Bay New Orleans game went. Um, I think this is going to be, let's see, like a, this is team, a Saints team, just like any other year, we're going to look good in the offer. The, uh, the season, the regular season we had, this wasn't even a good game offensively. And we still put up 30 plus points. Uh, the defense played well. Fucking CD Deuce played well. Oh, your boy. I saw you tweet about that. CD Deuce. Um, yeah, it's. I think it was a good wake up call for everybody picking Tampa Bay to make a deep playoff run just because Tom's there. Now, I I think it's still like a little too early to call that. But what yeah, I will say, like, like, yeah, if we're gonna if we're gonna give the benefit of the doubt to all these other teams that are trying to learn new systems with new quarterbacks, I still feel like you have to give a little bit of the. I mean, they still did score twenty three, and right. they against a really good defense. You because know, because of a garbage time touchdown. Yeah, and like and, and Tom. Tom Brady did have a, a really bad pick six. The the other the other pick was Mike Evans' fault. But three games in a row, or is it four games in a row now? He's starting to pick six. Three games, yeah. Three games in a row now. If, if he does it, if he does it next game, he ties the record. Yep. But, but I mean, well, that's, Ooh, that's the, what he's uh, trying to do. He's trying to break all the records. So. <laughs> Every record, Tom yeah. wants them all. The uh, what's his face's record? That was that's the backup in Atlanta from Houston. That guy, that record. I realized my camera was off this whole oh, time. Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub. Yeah, I couldn't, think, I couldn't think of his name. Matt Schaub, dude, what a legend. Yeah, dude, he's on that list. <laughs> yeah, what a legend, Matt Schaub. Yeah, man. 
But Former I'm, passing yards leader in the NFL, Matt Schaub. The old, now, like, the the big thing that I think is concerning, like, the most concerning thing to me about this Bucks team that I saw didn't even happen inside the game. Are you going to talk about Bruce Arians calling out Tom Brady? Yeah, I feel like there's a bit of a disconnect between these two. And, um... Those are, those, are, those are two different personalities clashing, and I'm, I'm not sure. It's week one. Yep. Yeah, here, okay. we've, seen, we've seen Tom get mouthy on the sideline before. He's just a competitor. They're, they're going to beat Carolina next week, and it's all going to be fine. It's all going to be fine. We'll see. I'm still, just, I'm, I'm still a believer. I'm still yeah, a believer. No, Bruce Arians is a really vocal coach. He is. And he loves calling players out. But I'm not sure how much Brady likes that. We'll see as the season goes on. But like but that's but see like the thing is like that being the most concerning thing to me like shows you where I'm at with the Buccaneers right now. I'm still on a wait and see. I'm still very much on a wait and see with them. They 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 played against I guess it's sort of a similar situation to the Cleveland Browns, except they definitely perform better than the Browns did. Where you're playing against like a like a you're playing against one of the better one of the best teams in the NFL and uh, the division rival that loves beating your ass. And like you're gonna you're gonna go down like this sometimes. I think as hopefully it gets better as the season goes on. I think. The reason why I don't like the Bucks is they're built in the way I don't think matters as much. Because like if I'm building a team, I'm going quarterback, which I got the quarterback. I'll give them that. Then I'm going offensive line, and then I'm going secondary. They don't have a secondary, and they don't have an offensive line. I think I think they're below. I don't think they're awful in those spots. I just think that they're kind of average to below average. Right, but that's the thing. Those okay. are those are very important spots. It's not good, but we'll see as it goes on, though. Um, but I'm, I'm very much waiting to see on them. I didn't see. I, I hope a big mistake, and I hope that nobody out there made the mistake of thinking it was a good idea to start Mike Evans in this game. In fantasy, because if you if if you guys don't if, if any of you listening to this if you don't know by now, don't play Mike Evans in fantasy against the Saints because Marshawn Lattimore really hates Mike Evans. <laughs> like <laughs> they got into it again. Yeah, like they Marshawn Lattimore really really hates Mike Evans, and he he makes it his duty like he makes it his mission in life when they play to absolutely shut him down and god given duty yeah that's that was pretty that was pretty bad so next is the game where we we're the the fad pod boys we were trying to tell you trying to tell you all like that last episode if you didn't listen that the Arizona Cardinals some of us said we're an easy cover. I said they were going to win against the San Francisco 49ers. And the fact that they beat them last year, that's a thing. Like the, the yeah. game. Oh, it was such a good. All right. I, the, I'm sure. I think 
one of the most important things that happened in this game was something that Larry Fitz did. Um, oh, when he pulled you, the ball out. When he pulled the ball out, ran it to the center of the field, and set it down to so the refs could signal it so they could spike it and have enough time to get another play out to score at the end of the first half. That is something you only see somebody like Larry Fitzgerald doing. What a fucking champion. There is nobody else like that man. Like I took note of that. In the the NFL. Moment I, I watched that happen because they were showing it on Red Zone, and like I took note of that, and it was just only veterans like Larry do stuff like that. Yeah, it, was like, absolutely it, it goes to show you why he's still on this team, despite being as old as he is. Um, he's, he is there still to help shepherd Kyler Murray in and, and help guide him. So there to help those guys. Like obviously Larry doesn't need to help, you know, Deandre Hopkins, but you know, he's there for like the Christian Kirks. And the uh, some of the I, I think they just got rid of they got rid of Hakeem Butler before the season started. So I'm I'm forgetting. Chase Edmonds. Yeah, Chase Edmonds and and those type of guys. I think I think Larry's there to really help the young skill position guys. And yeah, you're right, Matt. Like that play when he pulls the ball out of that scrum and just sprint dead sprints over to the hash and puts it down. And it allows Kyler Murray to get set to spike the ball. Like that, that drive led to points, didn't it? Yep. Yes, it did. So, yeah, and that, and like, dude, props to props to Cliff Kingsbury for like literally letting Kyler Murray, a second year quarterback, just throw forty passes. Just letting that him defense. do it. What that offense does is, and like, holy hell, did he look impressive? Cardinals looked good, dude. They looked yeah. really good. They can do nuts against week one. We'll see. But I mean, like yeah. the way the way he was coming out last year, going into this too, like he, he already looked impressive. This was a San Fran team with literally zero receiving threats on the field, especially because George Kittle sprained his knee in the game. That's, That's- the one guy you had. That's all understandable. Um, do we use that as the excuse for Garoppolo's bad play? Because there were there was a handful of times where Garoppolo made terrible reads, a terrible force, or was late on a pass that ended drives. Or he had, the, uh, he had the second worst QBR out of all starting quarterbacks this week. Here's here's what I'll say to that. I'll say when you are a very system oriented quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo is, even though he's good in the system when it works. I think when you're operating in that system and you're operating an offense that is very, it's very timing based. It's very see it, throw it based. And you're working with guys that should not even be starting. Right. Because you have Brandon Ayuk not playing and Debo Samuel not playing and George Kittle not playing. I think that that just kind of sets you up for failure. Like it would be a similar thing if like Jared Goff had to go into a game with no Cooper Cup and no Robert Woods. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you would see Jared Goff struggle because he's not used to he's used to seeing it 
and throwing it. He's used to the timing and the rhythm and the pace and the scheme opening up the throws. And when you don't have that, I think you're set up to struggle. Now, I I don't think that that just, it just washes him free of all blame. But I, I do think that out of any, out of a lot of the quarterbacks in the NFL, Jimmy Garoppolo is one of them that is the most susceptible to skill position players getting injured because of the way that offense works. So I'm, I'm, I still think San Fran, I literally had San Fran in my projection spreadsheet. I had them losing this game and then winning like eight straight because next week they get to play the hapless New York jets. (laughs) And then after that, they get to play the New York Giants, who we'll get to talk about here in a second. We only have three games left. So um, I think San Fran will be okay. I think they'll be fine. I think this is way more about Arizona than it is about the Niners. And how I think Arizona is Arizona can be really good. Like, I think I think Arizona can can definitely reach the they may not reach the ceiling of what people were projecting them to be, but I think they could get close if they keep playing this way. For sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So speaking of system-based quarterbacks, and you could you can pick which one of them I'm talking about. Man, it feels like every single day, da- and I don't know if it's just because they're the Dallas Cowboys, but I really feel like every single primetime game that the Dallas Cowboys play in, there is some sort of like pivotal moment when the Dallas Cowboys are on offense and they always butcher it. Like always. Like third down and six, you're trailing. You're in the end. You're in the opposing team's red zone and a third down and six and you run a draw play. I mean, they were going to goose them. Yeah. And then not taking your timeouts and it, like the Rams just showing the massive amount of disrespect where they just ran the ball four straight times on them and just basically punted the ball back to them. And then Dallas ran 10 plays and got 15 yards. Like, like, is, is this, I know a lot of people are like, oh, man, Dallas has too many weapons to be good. And I know, Corey, you were the one that kind of said, how much better can this offense get when you look at just the raw numbers that they put up last year? Right. Like how much how much better can this Dallas Cowboys offense really be just turning Randall Cobb into C.D. Lamb, who we're not disputing C.D. Lamb is not better than Randall Cobb at this point. but at some point it's just this is the Dallas Cowboys like this is just who they are they are a a they they lose games 17 to 20 they make boneheaded decisions in the red zone they're now down Leighton Vander Esch for at least half the year due to injury down like Jerwin Jarwin their yeah. weapon tight end that I thought was going to be very very good this year man the NFC East. You lost, I don't know. What were you gonna say? You lost that uh, offensive lineman too. Uh, you're talking about Lael Collins. 
Was it Collins that got hurt? Well, Collins was on IR before the game started. Oh, yeah, and then they lost somebody else in the game. Who's going to win the NFC East? Like, I mean, right now, the Washington (laughs) football team. (sighs) Like, Dallas is all injured and dysfunctional. Philly's all beat up and injured. The Giants stink. The Redskins aren't good. Not the Redskins, the football team. I did it. There we go. I got that out of my system. There we go. Uh, you need to get a you need to get a bleep button. Yeah, we do. Shelby. A bleep button? A bleep. I'm big old. Gotta bleep that out. Man. No, the Washington bleeps. The Washington bleeps. Does anybody have any? I mean, that was just my thing about the Cowboys. Does anything? Does anybody um, have any comments on the Rams? I mean, like they have. Oh, the Cowboys no. just a, a new coach. It, it's Jason Garrett with a mask on. That's who Mike McCarthy is. <laughs> I think the Rams did look just media reaction from the first game. I think the Rams did a good job uh, getting some more talent on their defense. Um. You know, McVeigh's going to scheme the offense. I wasn't surprised by any of the offensive stuff, but I was more impressed with their defense than their offense. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Donald is just insane. And, you know, I think he tackled Dak by throwing somebody into him that game. (laughs) Man, really? I, 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 I beat a motherfucker with another motherfucker. Is exactly. that what is that what is that what Aaron Donald's doing now to people just to have fun? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Which, by the way, I loved the fact that they were just lining. They were just they were just taking Aaron Donald and just lining him up on various different offensive linemen for the Cowboys. I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, we're going to put him over here and then we're going to put him over here and then we're going to put him over here. Like his battles with Tyron Smith were like insane. You could tell how it's crazy when you get that insane of a specimen at defense and then put him up against an offensive lineman and left tackle who might be one of the best in the NFL and just watch them go back and forth. Remember when Aaron Donald was practicing by swatting knives out of people's hands? Yes, I do remember that. One of my favorite Aaron Donald moments. That's just that's just so frightening. Um, all right, down to Monday night. We got two games left. Pittsburgh and New York. I'll I'll let you guys go first since I'm I'm the I'm the Pittsburgh fan here. Um, uh, these are the two games that you can that, watch. Because I was that fucking that fucking run defense on Pittsburgh is Holy insane. Holy shit. I think right. I think it, that I think that's how they schemed it because they wanted to make Daniel Jones throw against them rather than leave holes open for Barkley. And throw yeah, against them, still, he did. He made forty-one attempts. Yeah. So after the, just to comment on what Corey said, after the game was over, uh, in the interview with Mike Tomlin. They asked him about that. And Mike, this is something I've never heard Mike Tomlin say before. Mike Tomlin flat out said, he's like, yeah, we our game plan this week for them was to just shut him down. Like we were going to commit 
as many people as we felt we needed to in order to shut him down. And he's like, and, and we were going to leave our corners basically on islands because of it, which is why you were mm-hmm. seeing those deep shots to Darius Slayton and, you know, those middle crossing routes to um, Evan Ingram opened like Pittsburgh was lit- literally took the approach defensively of we are not going to let Saquon Barkley beat us. And holy crap. Like, like, <laughs> like I, I don't think I've ever seen a team do that to that level of athlete. I mean, Roethlisberger outrushed Saquon Barkley. Like, like Roethlisberger had nine yards rushing to Saquon Barkley's like six or seven or whatever it was. He had six, yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not like a Saquon Barkley fantasy owner, so I just got to kind of just sit back and enjoy that game. But watching him constantly getting tackled three yards in the backfield had to just be, it had to be ins- like I was, I was like, holy crap! Like that is insane that Bud Dupree and Vince Williams and Stephon Tuitt are just annihilating these offensive linemen not, yeah. not to say that the offensive linemen of the giants are any good they're not but just the fact that it looked so effortless for pittsburgh Pitt, pittsburgh defense had 11 tackles for losses that's so insane that's so 11. wild you never see that no. shit also not, i want i, I want to say real quick i know a lot of Go ahead, Corey. A lot of people were talking down. I've seen a lot of people talking down uh, Daniel Jones because of that one bad interception. He was trying to do the right thing. He was trying to throw the ball out of the back of the end zone. But whoever was got his hand on his arm in the throwing motion. TJ Watt. So that just, yeah. So that, you know, that led to the interception, which is just unfortunate. So I'm not as down on Daniel Jones' performance. Especially going against that defense, even though they were giving them stuff, you know. Yeah. When when you think but, about, yeah, I, I I I didn't walk away from that. I was like, wow, Daniel Jones sucks. I just walked away from it as like, wow, like that's a very un like I've never seen Mike Tomlin and the Steelers defense like take that approach of like a we're gonna yeah. sell out to stop one guy. Because normally what you get is you get that whole, oh, you know, they all this team's got a bunch of good players and a bunch of good guys here and we got to execute everywhere on the field and we don't want to just focus on one thing like that's usually what you get with Mike Tomlin and the Steelers defense. That is not what you got on Monday. It was literally the first thing out of his mouth in the postgame press conference was like, we were going to stop Saquon Barkley. And. By the way, Saquon Barkley still flat out hurdled Mike Hilton twice in that game. Because he's still really good. Yeah. yeah. I said in, a, in our group chat, watching Barkley play is like playing Yahtzee. Because most of the time it's a boring game, but there's those moments where you can yell out Yahtzee and it's really fun. True. He's he's always the he's always the guy that I use as the example of why yards per carry is a bad stat. Where Saquon Barkley has 
you know, 20 carries in a game and 19 of them are for five or less yards. And then the the 20th one is for 80. Like, that's why I, I, I he's always the example I use as why that's a bad stat. But I mean, I guess the only other thing I'll say about this game is. there. Oh, my God, there's like there's no way to say this without sounding like a jerk because it's an unbelievable story and he's a great guy and a great player and a great person. Like I'm, I'm over James Connor. Like, I'm sorry. Like at, at some point we need to put this guy's health and the fact that he literally cannot stay on the field. Like ever since he took over, for Le'Veon Bell, what was that? Four, three years ago. Mm-hmm. He can't. He can't. And it's and it's not these. It's not these like freak injuries, right? It's he gets these random like run of the mill type of injuries that you would expect, but he gets them very frequently, and it takes him forever to get over them. And I and I, again, I talked about this. I think during the off season, there's. I read a lot of articles in the offseason about how there's conflicting reports as to whether or not that his like chemotherapy potentially altered his body's ability to like recover from soft tissue injuries because he may not be able to develop the the tissue to replace the the damaged tissue as effectively as other people would just because of he had he had cancer like he had to go through chemotherapy which is completely out of his control and it's not knocking his toughness it's just commenting on the effects that freaking chemotherapy has on your body and then having to go try and play professional football like at some point you have to look at this as a situation of this guy he he can't stay healthy and then Benny Snell comes in Benny Snell ran like a glacier last year he was awful and he comes in and just rips off like a hundred yards like so it's not like he was running a different playbook than James Conner was it's just James Conner at this point I just I don't know how effective he can be as as a running back and it sucks and I hate the fact that that's a thing because I don't think it's possible to root for a player harder than Pittsburgh fans want to root for James Conner. But it's just sad. Like it just sucks at this point to see we're halfway through the first quarter and he's standing on the sideline with no helmet. Cause he hurt his ankle. You know what I mean? Like that just sucks. So I don't know that, that, and I thought chase Claypool looked really good. <laughs> With his two catches, yeah. Well, that that one catch on the sideline was nasty, and then yeah, it was I, really good. Yeah, the only other thing I don't I'll... like. What I was upset that he was in more than James Washington, but then James Washington made that Antonio Brown touchdown. That was oh, nice. And a half. That yeah, was nice when he, when he fought through the two dudes and reached across the end zone. Yeah, that was lit. That was nice. Yeah, I um, think the one thing I'll say real quick on Chase Claypool. Uh, the catch was impressive. I think the bigger story was that they trusted him 
on that fourth down and one to ice the game. Like he was the guy that they, cause on fourth down and one, the Steelers went for it because the giants had burned their last time out and they were trying to ice the game. They gave, it was an end around. Like it wasn't even a, a route. They gave chase Claypool the ball on an end around to ice the game. Like I thought that was very telling uh, at how they view him. Like, Hey, like, we understand you're a rookie, but we expect you to make these type of big plays. And he did. And that was that was the more impressive thing to me, that they trusted him in that moment when you had Juju playing really well and Deontay Johnson played really well in the second half after he had the fumble. Benny Snell was running really, really well. And you went to the rookie to win, to basically ice that game for you. I thought that was really impressive. So, yeah, that's cool. You know what's not impressive? Well, the other Monday night game. Missing four field goals. <laughs> <laughs> My lord. Oh, man. I felt bad for him because he just signed with that team. He doesn't really know anybody on that team, and but he's just over there alone on the sideline just kicking himself. At least he himself. made the game winner. No, At least no he made the game intended. winner. Yeah. He made the one that mattered, you know. Uh, Vic Bangio managed the fucking. Yeah, I didn't get to watch. I didn't get to watch can. the end of that game. So, like, talk me he, through what happened. Uh, the only thing that didn't happen was when the Titans were driving the ball down to get that field goal. He wasn't. He had three timeouts that he didn't use to give his team more time to try to, you know, have a rebuttal in case they needed one. He uh-huh. just didn't use the timeouts, so that mm. fucked them. Hmm. Okay. So it was just extremely, 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 extremely bad clock management. Yeah. To say the least. Mm -hmm. He literally didn't give them a chance to win. Like, I, I think he was trying to put more pressure on the kicker that missed four kicks throughout the game. But as a head coach in the NFL, you have to assume that a team's good enough to kick a field goal. At some you point, give, something's got to give. Yeah. No one misses. Right. No one misses five field goals. Let me tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> He'll miss four field goals and an extra point, but that's where the buck stops. <laughs> yeah, what do we I think know. of uh, Drew Locke's play? How did the How did the Broncos look? I didn't get to watch the uh, night sleep. So it looked all right. Uh, I would have, I would have taken Joe or uh, Drew Locke over Ryan Tannehill most of that game. Okay, okay. Um, the Titans are still now undefeated when Derrick Henry gets a hundred rushing yards. It took him thirty-one attempts to get to a hundred yards. But Derrick Henry got over 100 yards, and they won the game again. So it is obvious um, how to beat the Titans. You just do whatever the Steelers did to Saquon Barkley. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you have to trust Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball. I mean, like even then, so like Ryan Tannehill threw the ball 43 times that game. Uh, I think this is going to be a very... I think this is going to be a very uh, 
manufactured offense in Denver, which I'm not saying that is a bad thing. It's just going to be like any system because a lot of the plays that I saw look like design plays to design players on the team. Like there's a lot of that uh, go to the first read all the time, no matter what sort of deal. Kind of. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. like Jerry, like there was a lot of design plays for Jerry Judy to get open. Jerry Judy had a couple bad drops, which you definitely didn't see in Alabama. Uh, but I don't know. I don't think Drew Locke looked terrible running that offense. Mm, okay. Is uh, is that it? Or do we every game? I think we got to every so. game. Oh yeah, that was a good run. Are through. we gonna? Are we gonna do our bet previews and stuff for this coming week, Kyber? Kyber. Kyber. Nathan. Oh, I'll give him a minute. What do we? What do we want to fill the dead air with? What do we want to fill the dead air with while we wait for Kuiper to show up? Um, we need to go back through all our old episodes and uh, find bad takes we've had, <laughs> so we can play them as little like previews into the episode or like space space the episodes out. Kind of like that. I'm back. Sorry. I I haven't been home in like five days, so I was just talking to uh talking to my dad. Alright, so betting lines. Ah, yes. Um so we have week two. Um I'm gonna go through these pretty I'm gonna try to go through these kind of quickly. There are just as a quick aside, there are a lot of five and a half point lines, which is very strange. Like an abnormal amount of five and a half point lines. As a matter of fact, the first four that I'm going to give you are all five and a half. Okay. So, talked about it earlier. Cincinnati at Cleveland on Thursday night. Cincinnati is getting five and a half. We have Atlanta okay. at Dal- Atlanta at Dallas, which I think is a very interesting game uh, with the way those two teams played week one. Atlanta is the one getting five and a half. Buffalo at Miami. Miami is getting five and a half. New York at Chicago. New York is getting five and a half. And we go, we, we don't have Giants. New York Giants. Yeah, New York Giants. Yeah. Uh, Denver at Pittsburgh. Denver is getting six and a half. Uh, Detroit at Green Bay. Detroit is getting six and a half. Jacksonville at Tennessee. Jacksonville not getting a lot of respect because they're getting ten and a half Ooh. on 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 ESPN Pick'em right now. Maybe I don't know. People are thinking that that was a little bit of a at, you know of a mirage, and they're going to pull back really hard against Tennessee. Um, not to uh, disrespect disrespect my boy Gardner, but that game could be, literally be three to six. Uh. It's either going to be three to six or it's going to be 50 to nothing, Tennessee, like it was last year. Uh, no, I, I think the reason is that um, they're, they're, they're getting so many points is because Derrick Henry has a penchant to run to pull off a 99 yard run against Jacksonville. That He's is done true. it two or three times now. And if Derrick Henry pulls off a 99 yard run against Jacksonville, He's literally only got to fall forward for one more yard before the Titans win the game. 
That's true. Yeah. I don't think you I don't think you were here, Kuiper, when I said that like so the the Titans won. And so with that, the Titans are still undefeated when Derrick Henry rushes for over a hundred yards. It took hate him that. it took him thirty one carries to do it. I I I hate that statistic. I hate that statistic so much. Oh my god. <laughs> um all right, we got Minnesota at the Colts. Minnesota is getting two and a half. The Rams and the Eagles. The Eagles are only getting one and a half. So a lot of respect being shown to Philadelphia. Uh, San Fran at the Jets. San Fran is getting six and a half. Uh, Carolina at Tampa. Carolina is getting eight and a half, which is tied for the second biggest line of the week. I thought I would notice. Yeah, tied for the second biggest line of the week. Washington at Arizona. Washington is getting six and a half. Chiefs at the Chargers. The Chargers are getting eight and a half. Baltimore at Houston. Houston's getting six and a half. Sunday night game. The New England Patriots getting. They are New England. I want to repeat that. New England is an underdog. For the first time in I can't remember how long. Getting four and a half against Seattle which is wild to think about the new England Patriots getting more than a field goal against a team. And then finally the Monday night football game. This is the other five and a half point line, new Orleans at Las Vegas, Vegas getting five and a half. Okay. So the ones that stick out to me, um, Carolina, what'd you say they were getting eight and a half. Yeah, we just got done talking about how Carolina is probably going to lose most of their games this season, but they're going to be annoying thorns in the side. They're not going to lose by more than eight and a half. Um, second, San Francisco is going to absolutely decimate the Jets. Jets aren't even know what happened to them. The Jets lost by double digits to the Bills, and we have the 49ers who— The bad decision Bills. The bad decision Bills. And now they have to go up against an angry 49er team who just lost. And Shanahan's going to open. He's just going to, I don't know. He's he's just going to run train on the Jets. Like Darnold's going to be seeing ghosts again, again, again. They might get, they might get blown out by 20 or more. Um, so I'm definitely taking San Francisco. Um, and then... Um, taking the Chargers to cover because they always play Kansas City close. Oh, wow. I did not expect you to say that. Uh, just about every game they play is within a possession of each other. Um, as you've liked to poke at me many times, that defense knows how to handle Mahomes by himself. It'll be interesting to see how they do it with a running back involved. And then... Because Atlanta isn't a good team, if I was going to have to pick a fourth, I would take Dallas to beat Atlanta by a touchdown. Because uh, with as bad as that defense is, it'll make Dak look good for a week. And then America's team can be happy. (laughs) America's team can be happy. I... The ones that jumped out to me are actually, I think, all different from yours. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. The number, the first one that jumped out to me was Detroit getting six and a half. 
And it's for the exact same just it's like the exact same reason why you're picking the Chargers. I'm picking the Lions. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like Green Bay does not blow out Detroit. Ever. <laughs> like ever, ever, ever. Um, and I think even if Green Bay, like, I don't know, I, I, I don't I don't think Green Bay in that spot. Uh, Green Bay is getting a lot of love on this pick. Like the vast majority of people I think are picking them, but I, I think Detroit can cover that. I don't think they'll win, but I think Detroit can easily yeah, I'm, cover. I, I'm avoiding that one. Um, I'm picking Minnesota to beat the Colts. Okay. And just flat out, like I, I the point two and a half points be damned. I think Minnesota's just going to beat the Colts. Um, and what'll probably be a very high scoring game. Cause I don't think either of these teams defenses are particularly good. Mm. Um. So that's one of them, dude. Like we kind of talked about it. I don't know how the Eagles are going to to block Michael Brockers and Aaron Donald. I I just yeah. don't know how they're going to do it. I, I would hundred percent take the Rams. Yeah, and the fact that I only have to eat one and a half points. Yeah, for the Rams, hundred percent. I I think that's. I think that's kind of I think that's pretty easy. <laughs> um, the only other one that I think is a little the one that I think is a little cheeky that I would take. I wouldn't bet this game, but I was one of only there was. a So it, on this app, after the game is over, it tells you what percentage of people picked each option. Mm-hmm. And 75 percent of people picked Philadelphia to cover against Washington. <laughs> OK. I did not. I picked Washington plus five and a half. Um, really? I did. Hmm. And right. I'm just saying Washington's getting six and a half against Arizona. We know their offensive line is in good. Both teams coming off a big win. They're feeling good. The game's probably going to be really sloppy. It's probably going to be a little unbuttoned because both teams are are feeling themselves. And oh yeah, we're Arizona. We just beat the NFC champs. And Washington's like, oh yeah, we came down from came back from seventeen points down. Like, just saying, like six and a half is that's a little tempting. I just I think I think Arizona wins, but Washington six and a half for Washington when when I think both teams could potentially play poorly. Um, is one that I like. The other one I like is Baltimore against Houston because I think Baltimore is going to beat Houston by twenty. Yep. So, so um, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I think that's I think that's a a, a gimme one. So, mm. but yeah, those are the uh, those. I don't know, Justin and and Corey. Did, are there any of any of those that jumped out to you? But. Uh, you you pointed out all the ones that jumped out to me already, so I just I'm just gonna second like basically all of your points. It's uh, um, I love the Rams in that one. That's like hammer that shit. I had a five team parlay this week mm. that I lost on from one point from the Panthers. I had Panthers <laughs> at three at three, and they lost thirty four to thirty. Otherwise, I. At Seattle, I had Buffalo, I had Chicago, I had Green Bay all going. I just need to Carolina. So I'm upset about that. Man. But yeah, that that sucks. Cool. <laughs> that really yeah. sucks. Oh boy. Teddy let me down. 
Well, uh, I think it'll do it for us here. We're looking forward to next week. I am so happy, boys. Football being back in gear is great. Uh, make sure y'all go to patreon.com slash FADPOD and give us some fucking money, buddy. Yeah, and then also subscribe to us on your preferred podcast service of choice. Remember, we are on Spotify if you prefer to listen to us there. Also, I promise we'll be on YouTube at some point. Um, probably once, once my life stops being a fucking chaotic hellhole, which will be next week. Are you sure? Yeah, because I'll yeah, are, are, be are you sure though? Positive. If it I hope doesn't, so. if it doesn't, at that point, I might as well just take myself voice. Time Ooh. to break out the emergency ham sandwich. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I got it. I always have that shit on deck. Okay, we'll leave it. Bye. Oh, bye. Oh, wow. That was a quick ending. All right, everybody. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. And, yep. Twitter.com slash FADPOD. That's right. Twitter.com slash FADPOD. Yep. For the hot takes. Bye. Bye. Bye.